The 10th Annual World College Radio Day is October 2, 2020, but WTSR Board of Directors has been busy preparing for its celebration and festivities since the summer. As you've been listening to our bands perform all day today, and as the interviews will be available on our podcast channels on Captivate and Spotify, we are also excited to present some interviews from people behind the scenes of the start of college radio, as well as their experience in the industry. Founder Robert Quick joins us today to talk about his personal experience and passion of college radio, as well as the creation and legacy of the organization. Robert Quick is also general manager of WPSC-FM and a broadcasting professor at William Patterson University in Wayne, New Jersey. While programming may appear differently from for this year's festivities, radio and student media are still vibrant and present the modern age of producing art and a fresh perspective. Well, thank you so much for um, meeting with me today to discuss uh, World College Radio Day. Hey, no problem. It's a pleasure. Absolutely yeah. pleasure. Always good to be at WTSR. Yeah, yeah. At, um, at the College of New Jersey. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've been uh, making a lot of adjustments over the summer to be able to remote broadcast, like to broadcast remotely. So I'm, I'm glad that we're still able to continue with the pandemic and everything. Yeah, same here. So, uh, you know, I'm actually your neighbor because um, I'm up at William Patterson University yeah. in Wayne, New Jersey, where oh, I run the radio station. So we have had a very similar experience. It's been a very uh, disruptive year, um, uh, disappointing in many, many ways, but mm-hmm. we, we've got through it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess, um, I guess we'll get started if you're ready. Um... Absolutely ready when you are. Okay. All right. So I guess to begin, um, I was reading a bit about your background and it's very extensive in your experience with um, professional radio as well as um, um, student and academic broadcasting with radio. But how did it all begin? Like, how did you first discover college radio for yourself? I guess um, really goes back to when I was a student and um, you know, obviously I started properly at Oxford, but before that, before Oxford University, uh, I had one year in America. I had a gap year experience in Kansas City at this college called William Jewell College outside of Kansas City. And what happened was um, I, I just went there for one year before going off to the uh, university in the UK. And someone said, hey, listen, with your accent, you should probably get on the radio station uh, kwjc so i went down along there and pretty soon i had a show and um, i didn't know what i was doing it was chaos it was uh, dead air mistakes but it was charming chaos um, i was playing a lot of music and um I, I i got a bit of a following um and um i think the highlight for me was i was going to a local restaurant one one evening and uh, i just sat down at the table and when i ordered for the menu this guy said no way are you rob quick the guy on the radio and i was like uh yes i am because this is on me man this is on me and i was like what <laughs> and uh, you know it was like fame you know um and i got i've got a free meal that night um but i came back to england and i realized hang on really there isn't such a thing as at that time there wasn't such a thing as college radio in the uk mm-hmm. um so i was part of a group at oxford that wanted to change that i wanted to be the first ever college radio station fm station in the uk and they said no originally the uh, the the um country the government said no and then eventually we got them to change their, their minds and then we 
launched in 1997. I was the first DJ uh, on the air. Wow. Wow. So what was that like setting it up for all from the beginning? Did you have technical support from professional radio stations? Yeah. So the way we did it, because obviously we were doing something that no one had ever done before. Mm-hmm. And it was that incredible sense of uh, sort of pine, being a pioneer, pioneering effort. Um, we luckily did partner with a commercial company radio company called the local radio company mm-hmm. who basically said look here's all the equipment now it, it's great having all the equipment and all the technology having professional studios installed you can have all of that and it can still be uh, trouble if you don't know what you're doing and mm-hmm. i think we were uh, i think i was the only student really there might have been another who actually knew what they were doing to a certain extent and i owed that entirely to that experience i had before in america outside of kansas city so mm-hmm. we really didn't know what we were doing and we had like quarter of a million dollars worth of investment for equipment maybe more and we launched uh, valentine's day 1997 and we were fairly clueless but we were we sounded pretty good we had a lot of energy and we had a lot of enthusiasm and i remember um we that day that february 14th and we called ourselves oxygen and our tagline was to get into the hearts and minds of students at oxford you need oxygen which i thought was pretty cool um but anyway so that day i remember that launch day uh we were sponsored by a um a company that made condoms and so we were like going around town, throwing away, literally throwing out to everyone hundreds, thousands of condoms, uh, which was everyone was delighted to receive. Um, but we were, um, we were clueless to a certain extent, but we did make all the newspapers. And then the two founders, the people that actually had the idea and they can feel my friends, they did get invited to go to Buckingham Palace to meet the Queen. Wow. To be recognized for, for what they did and uh, i'll never forget that 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 really then at, at that point i thought well I, I really like working in radio and i really like working in student college radio yeah so when you were starting the radio station at oxford what were some of the key strategies to publicizing your radio amongst the students amongst the community well obviously um any student initiative an organization for the most part is severely limited by lack of money Mm-hmm. And that was no different for us. And I think what we did was, and this was a time obviously before Facebook, 10 years before that, um, and before really the, the internet was in its infancy back then, before things really took off. What we did was, um, FM radio was obviously still very much a powerhouse then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people caught on to the idea and they really liked the idea that we would be an outlet for the students, for the youth, not just at the university there, but for the youth in, in, the, in the city of Oxford. I thought we did a really good job of explaining that, listen, these other radio stations out there, commercial stations, you know, fair enough, fair play to them, they're for other people, but this is our station. This is the voice of the students, the voice of the youth, the voice of that generation. And that resonated. And I think we had loads of support because people realized that we were doing something that no one um, had ever done before. And it was way back then actually that our, our tagline as well for our music policy was new music faster. And um, we've resurrected that. I've resurrected that with um, the College Radio Foundation uh, these days, because we're trying to get new music faster back up and running. Because uh, the whole idea was it was college students who were, were discovering the new music, were discovering the new artists. We were doing the hard work. And then what happens is often commercial radio steps and says, okay, thank you. Thanks for discovering this great artist, this great band, we'll take it from here. And then they take off and take all the credit. So the reason why we're so successful is that the students love the idea that they would have an outlet for their voices 
uh, for their views to talk about things that matter to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So once you graduated from university, did you know that you wanted to continue in radio? Absolutely. And um, I did, I did a master's in radio at the University of London, mm -hmm. um, which was great. And then I went straight in. I was the youngest morning show uh, jock in the country, the UK at that time. Youngest morning show guy in the UK with his own show. And it was commercial radio. And I, I think it was too much too soon, really. I, 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 this show was fantastic. We were number one in the ratings. But I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. It was one of the things that you work up to. You don't start off your career going straight in with a, with a breakfast show, a morning show. Mm -hmm. But still, it was really, really good. Um, it's just that it took a lot out of me. It was exhausting. Um, and also, I didn't have any of the wisdom or life experience that I have now. So I was just this young, cheeky little kid uh, who probably came off as sounding as if he knew more than he did or thought he knew more than he did. Um, but commercial radio, for me, it was an interesting experience because it was severely limiting in a way. And again, I'm not knocking the form of, of the media commercial radio, but for me, uh, what I missed was the experimentation. And what I missed was the fact that we could play music that was sort of from a diverse sort of different set of artists and sources. And, and commercial radio was very strictly defined, a very heavy rotation, certain songs. Um, and I did do that for years. So I did it for years. And then I, it's a long story. I won't bore you, but I, a year after that, I found myself in India. Oh, wow. Hmm. So through that process, I remember reading on the World College Radio Day website that that's one of the unique aspects of uh, college radio is that there aren't as many restrictions or like even with advertising, there's not as many requirements that they have to do at, compared to commercial radio. Why do you think that's so? Do you think the maybe the standards are lower for students so they have like it's more of a creative outlet? Yes, I think Nancy that college radio is in many ways um, a brilliant place for students to learn about radio mm -hmm. it's a great place a great uh, training ground for those students who want to go into it professionally but even if they don't and actually to be honest with you a majority of the students i know who do college radio don't want to go into radio professionally or the media or they you know they, they're doing it as an enjoyable thing to do in its own right and so i think that what college radio does and studies have been done and this academic studies have been done that show that the process of doing college radio actually getting involved doing shows and being involved with with college radio stations is important in helping develop a sense of self-identity and helping students find their own voice mm -hmm. and helping them find their own voices so it's actually really important um, for students for the students that do it because they not only find community at the radio station they um they discover who they are as a person it's, an, it's not just a training ground for the professional media industry. It's an exercise as a place in its own right where you can grow and develop and become more of who you are or, or learn who you are and discover who you are. So college radio, you know, it's one of those things where if it was to disappear, it'd be a huge loss to the media landscape because mm -hmm. even though it might not be appreciated to the extent that it really should be, mm -hmm. college radio does an awful lot and it's a place where students learn and grow. I have had students who come through college radio who started out with very, very little confidence. Um, you know, some of them are almost like, you know, shaking and sweating profusely in the booth mm -hmm. uh, to graduating and then getting jobs in professional radio 
and go on to do stuff on a national scale. So it's, it's transformative. College radio is transformative. And that's why it's so important. It's always going to be underappreciated. College radio, yes, is not technically perfect. It's not polished. It's not a polished product like commercial radio. It's not meant to be that. It's not meant to be that kind of thing. College radio, people say to me all the time, like, hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to listen to college radio, but oh, the levels are everywhere, all over the place, and there's mistakes, there's dead air technical problems and i say to them uh that might be so but actually that's why it's so brilliant yeah. and they say well how is that so brilliant <laughs> you know all those flaws i said because what it is it's authentic mm-hmm. 100 authentic those flaws that the lack of polish is secondary to the most important thing and that it's it's authentic it's true expression of the students how they feel what they believe in, you know, only on college radio will you hear a student say, hey, listen to this music. I just discovered this artist, this song changed my life. And they're saying that without irony, they're saying that with utter sincerity that college radio has that power. Students are not jaded, they're not cynical. You know, the, the students are in it for the right reasons. It's a pure expression of, of music and, and, and of identity and ideas. And it's an outlet for views and uh, opinions that you won't hear anywhere else, marginalized voices. You know, college radio really is a showcase of diversity. So that's why college radio is so important. Yeah, I know, but people get put off with technical mistakes and technical flaws, but actually that's kind of charming. It's rough around the edges, I know, but that's actually really, that can be really good because it just proves that the most important thing is elsewhere and that's on being authentic and being true to the students who are doing it. Yeah. It shows the full learning process and that how maybe we should all be students and like keep learning and like crafting our skills. Well, exactly. You know, it begins here and hopefully that journey goes on beyond college radio, beyond university after graduation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since you, um, you actually now are a professor at a William Patterson University and you're the general manager of their radio station. Yeah. What was that like um, becoming the teacher and the mentor to be students for radio since you've had experience in uh, college radio and professional radio? That's an excellent question. Um, I can see it on both sides, I guess, that I see talent in students that they never knew they had. And there are stories I could tell you of how a student really thinks very little of themselves. And I've wanted to encourage them. And, and, and actually, well, I had a student, she did it in my radio class and she was involved in the radio station. And she did a radio documentary on domestic violence, domestic abuse. And it was one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. And she played it to the class and we were all blown away. And I said, um, you should enter that for you know, National Student Radio Awards, the IBS Awards. And she said, no, 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 it's not very good. It's not very good. I said, no, I really think you should. So so I actually entered her with her permission. Mm -hmm. And then she was a top five finalist for best radio documentary in the country, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. Yeah. And then she won first place. Then she won best radio documentary. So she won this big trophy. Uh, She couldn't believe it. And then she actually ended up going into the media because she had this trophy and she had this, this incredible accolade behind her. Mm-hmm. And it was a big boost for her when she graduated and she was able to get interviews and she was able to get a good job. And really, um, I've seen that happen a lot where students sometimes underestimate their talent. I've also seen it the other way, if I'm going to be honest, where sometimes you do see some students who come in 
who think that they're, they're the finished article, that they are done and dusted, that they are completely perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a lot of self-confidence, which is fine. Self-confidence is fine. But uh, self-confidence without being open to learn and be, you know without being open to constructive criticism is a bad, so bad situation. So I have had situations where students have come in thinking they are phenomenal and um they no doubt have obviously been through the process where they understand um there's a lot that they don't know um and that's what it is it's like uh, uh, always being willing to admit that you can do better that you can improve um your skills and your knowledge and what you do on the air so you know i see it from both sides as a student myself coming up through this and then obviously now as a professor but i would say generally that students actually are capable of producing um, radio content, radio programming that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes is as good, a, good as, if not better than what is being produced in the world of professional radio. Sometimes it happens that students produce something that actually uh, is actually first class, really brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moments like that, obviously very, very exciting as well. Yeah. How would you say um, college radio is a different media form and a unique media form compared to other forms of media? Well, I still think that radio obviously is the most intimate medium there is because when someone's on the radio and you're listening to them, it's almost as if it's a, it's a conversation between two people mm-hmm. and that they can speak to you. Obviously, they can't hear what you say back to the radio, but that intimacy is still there, the medium. And I still think that... Um, that is true uh, with college radio. And again, because of the fact that in college radio, you're going to have this kind of genuine openness, this authenticity mm-hmm. that perhaps by the time it gets to being on commercial radio or NPR or something, it's really polished to perfection, edited perfectly. And there's that, I think in that, in that process, you can lose some of that raw emotion sometimes if you're not careful. And I think what, college radio has is that it speaks you know students are speaking to one another um, and they connect with one another and that because of the fact that the 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 medium itself is so intimate so that's why i think college radio is very distinctive and then the other thing is that it's only on college radio that you're going to hear things that you won't hear anywhere else you're going to hear music that is not being played anywhere else you're going to hear unsigned artists Mm -hmm. you're going to hear people who would never ever be given an outlet anywhere else for a variety of reasons rightly or wrongly um, so it, it's still a really important sort of like um, marketplace of ideas, so to speak, a town hall, so, so to speak, where you're going to hear views and opinions, content programming. And also one final thing is that it's still really connected to the community. College radio is still really local mm-hmm. and um, connected, you know, college campuses are part of it. But for stations that have a strong enough FM signal that do FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to just being online only um they they can connect to the communities and many radio stations commercial radio stations uh really sort of abandoned that kind of localism in what they do and it's down to college radio now mm-hmm. wow so to transition to the actual organization of world college radio day which is coming up october 2nd how has preparation been different this year with the coronavirus yeah, the coronavirus has completely uh, disrupted almost everything. Um, you know, I've been writing some articles for Radio World actually about this, um, about the way that the coronavirus has really impacted things and thrown a span in the work, so to speak. And for the most part, I've been really 
impressed with the um, adaptability, flexibility, whatever you want to call it, and the passion and the dogged determination of the students that they will, where there's a will, there's a way. And many of the students have decided and have done over the summer that, you know, they're going to find a way to broadcast from their home, to broadcast remotely. And a lot of conversations never shut down. They still continued like, um, you know, uh, WMSC at Montclair State University, for example, is a great example. They never stopped broadcasting. They use Zoom and other tools. Um, yeah, we know that College Radio Day this year, World College Radio Day, um, many stations that are participating, uh, the students are going to be doing it from their homes. It's not going to be business as usual. It can't be um, because, of, because of that. So it's been disruptive, but we're determined to have a good time. We're determined to celebrate actually more than ever because it's a difficult time for education institutions college radio stations need to remind their owners so to speak mm -hmm. um of their value of how important they are and actually college radio state college radio is still one activity that can continue in the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, because of the fact that we have these remote you know, you know capabilities with a microphone so uh, it's been tough it's been really really tough this is our 10th year and um a big celebration so mm -hmm. we, we there's no way 10 years ago when we started this we could have foreseen this of course not not even back in january really mm -hmm. so it has disrupted everything but students are passionate about this and um, they're going to find a way to do it and they're going to find a way to make it happen and i i salute them for that mm -hmm. so what's some advice that you would give to college radio stations right now about handling coverage and production during covid um that actually there are more tools than ever before had this happened 10 years ago i don't think we would have been able to do what we've been able to do this time and i think um students have as long as they have a computer and a decent internet connection you know a student said to me i don't have a microphone professor i don't have any like pro tools or adobe i don't have any fancy editing software what can i do i said obviously you've got a cell phone right and i said yeah i said okay even if you have a cell phone only and, but you do have a computer, you can download, there's free software like Audacity, for example. And even if you have no other microphone, but your smartphone, there's ways of recording, holding it at a certain angles, certain distance away from you, so it doesn't distort. You can still produce quite decent content with just that, just your cell phone and a computer. You, and so there's really, uh, there's no barrier really to getting out there and still continuing to, uh, continuing to produce content and material. So I would say that continue to create, continue to get involved and continue to adapt and, and obviously a lot of students have done podcasts during this time which has also mm -hmm. been quite interesting to listen yeah. to but um it does take more effort and it takes a little bit of thinking about how it's going to be done but there's no reason at all why they should be stopping or, or not doing some creative work i think with all the tools that are out there the only thing that limits you now is of course your own creativity and your own imagination so students should feel empowered with the free tools that are out there. And we need to hear what they have to say. We, you know, it's really important that College Radio can't really afford to be silent during this time anyway. Mm -hmm. Since you mentioned um, podcasts, are you concerned about the, like, the future of radio? And it's just especially with streaming services like Spotify, like in discovering new bands. Yeah, so think about Spotify and, you know, I use Spotify myself and you know, a lot of people do some people are pandora and stuff no it's, it's it's interesting isn't it um yeah so so people use those services as, as music discovery tools and college radio always had that traditional role of being it still does of, of finding um those great artists the next upcoming artists and bands fair enough but one thing that they, they miss 
the, the, the sort of algorithms and sort of pieces of software. And what college radio has is that personal element, the context, the explanation, the reason why this is important, the stories behind not just the music, but the stories behind the impact that the music has had on people. And that's what college radio has context story. And the fact that they're, you know, I, I'm always a lot more interested to listen to a student talking about um, why this music means so much to them than, than just listening to the song itself. That context sometimes can, you know, how many times have we, ha have we, you know, dismissed a song or we heard a song and paid no attention to it until someone says, hey, this is what I got out of the song. This is what the song is actually about. I bet you never realize this song is about this. And, 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 it's open up a new fresh understanding of a song or music. And that's why um, college radio is still the best curators out there. We're still the best curators because um, we're so authentic and we, and we are incredibly open-minded mm -hmm. to what's out there. And we want to champion artists. We want, you know, you still, you know, we're talking about playing artists on the air who are not on Spotify. We're talking about artists not on YouTube or on SoundCloud. We're talking about, or not on Bandcamp. We're talking about artists who, you know, are local artists who just put up a, a song on Facebook, but it's nowhere else. But we managed to hear it and said, hey, can we play this? And we want to put it. So, you know, you have to have a certain degree of organization to get on those platforms. What about those artists and those bands who are just starting out who aren't there yet? That's mm -hmm. why College Radio is so important. We should be there for those artists. And we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely, I, I've noticed, um, we've been doing a lot of interviews with bands for our World College Radio Day um, um, programming, and it seems like a lot of musicians these days can kind of, they can write their music, perform it, produce it, and then publicize it themselves. And it's, it's kind of a unique platform now that musicians can have that publicity themselves, but then also being able to have a platform that they can talk about it on college radio. It's so invaluable. I think so. I think it's underappreciated massively, mm -hmm. but I think also there are those in the music community who get it and understand it. And that's why we've had artists over the years, you know, Sean Lennon, Moby, uh, Black Keys last year. Um, we've had artists who've been willing to serve as ambassadors because they said, you know what, um, college radio was really there for us at the beginning. College mm -hmm. radio was the only thing that would play us and actually this year i can share with you so this year we do have brett michaels who's going to be our ambassador oh. um, uh, a singer poison and obviously solo artists. we have jim kerr from simple minds mm -hmm. chris france from talking heads mm -hmm. so we've got some artists who've said, told us in their interviews you know college radio was there for us from day one when no one else would play us and no one else would take us seriously wow. and so i think college radio gives so much out we give so much love and appreciation and time and attention to artists and stuff that there are quite a few of them out there who when they do make it if they do make it they look back and say you know you know f credit where credit is due college radio was there for us um and so that's why i think it's really good i mean obviously college radio Day, we love getting big artists to sort of support us and give us interviews and stuff mm -hmm. but uh, it's not just about that you've got to think about the bands who were on college radio who never sold a million records, never sold 10,000, never sold a thousand records, never sold a hundred, but mm -hmm. they had these experiences on college radio that sort of changed them, that they will remember them for the rest of their lives. And you might think, well, where's the commercial value in that? Where, you know, where's the economic value in that? And you might say there is none, apart from the fact that the experiences that they had, the experiences that students have day in, day out, 
when they go and do a college radio show is life-changing, it's transformative, and that's priceless. You can't put a price on that. And that's the work that college radio does week in, week out, day in, day out, that we are allowing and encouraging and giving students an opportunity to um, express themselves and to, to sort of connect with an audience that's out there. Mm-hmm. So with the organization of World College Radio Day, um, is there any additional information that um, our listeners should know about? I, I uh, recall seeing that there is a Spirit of College Radio Award and that you have um, several different record sales, I believe. Yeah, so basically, um, this is a fun event. And, you know, these ideas were some things that we came up with that were just a lot of fun. The Spirit of College Radio Awards, we really want to celebrate stations who go all out for college radio day be very interesting to see how that's going to be done this year obviously Mm -hmm. um but it is world college radio day because in america it's college radio day Mm -hmm. and outside of america in the world it's world college radio day same event Mm -hmm. um but it's really interesting because um that was never i never when i had the idea of college radio day i didn't really think about other countries and then Mm -hmm. it grew to over 40 43 countries who got involved i I mean email i got emails this week Mm-hmm. This email uh, this week alone, I've been emailing with college radio stations in Ghana, oh. in France, and Australia. Wow! And the, these stations are like, we love this, and we do the Global Marathon. The big things that we do twenty four hours of Global Marathon, which is going to be on Live three sixty five, mm-hmm. and there's twenty four hours, one 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 hour, and then it goes from one country to another, and it's just you know, you know for those people who write off college radio, say there's no value to it, I challenge them to listen to that. 24 hours or, or some of it and not be blown away by the fact that this is a global thing that everyone's doing it's very moving actually to hear these students in other countries sometimes i don't even understand their language what they're saying but i get what they're saying because i can understand the emotion in their voices so um world college ready day is it's a, you know it's sort of well there's not, nothing like it now this is the largest college radio event in the world and you know when you start getting invited to the white house we've been twice and Obama wrote us a letter three times and I interviewed Joe Biden when his vice president. When you start, when that starts sort of happening, um, you realize that, you know, th- th- there are some people out there who recognize that this is a movement and this is an important medium in its own right, college radio. So it's really exciting. I, I think this year is going to be very, very different, but you know, no guts, no glory. We're going to do what we can, see how it goes. And hopefully uh, I've been bu- busy raising money from sponsors that we're going to give away uh, in uh, college radio grants. Cause that's what we do. We're a nonprofit the organization. Now the college radio foundation, no one gets paid anything. We do this because we love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we work our hearts out um, for, for nothing, um, for no pay, but we do it because we love college radio and the impact that it has and promoting college radio Um that's really the, the amazing thing. That's what keeps us going, seeing that it's a big deal for everyone. And um, pe- they love it. People love it. The, the listeners love it. People who would never normally listen to college radio do so during that day. And they like, yeah, you know what? I forgot about this. I forgot that you guys exist. And I'm going to stay tuned. I'm going to stay locked in. And I'm going to keep listening. That's what it's about. Can we build an audience for college radio itself? Can we build the medium, uh, raise the profile of the medium? So all of those things are part of it. It's exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. I'm well and truly knackered at the end of that day, but it's glorious. It's, it's, um, it's really glorious, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much t- for your time, Rob. It was wonderful talking to you about World College Radio Day. 
Well, I just want to say thank you to uh, WTSL because I think you've been with us from the very beginning, haven't you? Yes, yes. I was actually just talking to our station manager and she mentioned that. It's like, yeah, let them know we've been here for a while. <laughs> I think I think, I, I think I remember I came down to you, oh. I think almost year one or year two. You probably oh, don't know this, do you? Oh, no. <laughs> I came down to the College of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I drove down from William Patterson. Mm-hmm. And I parked, I was really quite impressed by your campus. And I came in and I met with some of the students at the radio station. And um, it, it, I went in your studio and I saw everything. And um, it was really, really great because there's this thing that all colleges have, universities, there's this sort of rivalry that they have, this sort of competitiveness. <laughs> and what we really loved about College Radio Day, and we were talking about this, you know, because there's Montclair, there's Seton Hall, College of New Jersey. You know, there's Rutgers, there's all these different institutions in New Jersey that are sort of competing with each other mm-hmm. but it's really refreshing and nice on that one day to put all that aside and to say you know what we're all in this together mm-hmm. we're in the same boat together that we are connected we are brothers and sisters in college radio it's, it was actually um really cool and I came away with like um I don't know where they are um I got somewhere like a WTSR 91.3 FM bumper sticker somewhere in my office I think um, oh. I was really like I had I, I basically WTSR looked after me. I came away with some swag. Nice. And I think that's always yeah. a good thing, College Radio. When you come away with swag, <laughs> stickers or T-shirts or buttons, that's always a good mm-hmm. thing. But yeah. I do remember that day uh, really well. Um, that was great. And I, I received a warm welcome. So I want to thank you. I want to thank WTSR for participating and congratulate you for participating, I believe, in every single year in the last 10 years. So congratulations and thank you for all that you do. I mean, you're a great station in your own right anyway. You're doing fantastic work and transforming lives at the College of New Jersey. Hey, this is Nancy. Thanks for listening in today at 91.3 FM WTSR. Remember to check out more content online at WTSR.org, on the air, or on our Spotify and Captivate channels. And as always, we remind you to open your mind.